Welcome to the AWPT Podcast, a safe space for personal trainers and coaches who want to learn, grow, and feel heard in the fitness industry. Each week, we'll bring you industry-relevant discussions on all things coaching, mindset, and professional development, empowering you with the tools to be a competent and confident coach. Well, 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 welcome back to another episode of the AWPT podcast. This is going to be a little bit of a different podcast today because I have Tara back, Tara McKenzie. If you didn't listen to Tara's episode where I interviewed her, that is episode 46, and you can go back and listen and get to know Tara very well because you are going to be hearing a lot more from her moving forward. So Tara is one of my AWPT mentorship ladies. She went through the six-month mentorship at the start of 2022, so the start of this year, and she is now my co-host on the podcast. So as I grow AWPT and as I also rebrand my personal brand, we are aiming to bring in a whole bunch of new amazing coaches to be the face of AWPT so it's not just me because this is a brand about women, about the collective women and coaches in this industry. So we're going to do something a little bit different, a little bit fun today. Tara is going to be the host and she's going to be interviewing me on our own podcast. Um, and I'm super excited for this. I don't know what she's going to ask me. So yeah. <laughs> I know. I feel like we'll need to go into your human design this time around <laughs> and we'll go that far in deep. I know um, when you said that um, introducing me, that people can go back and listen to episode 46 to sort of get to know me, they could really get to, they can know me more than I know myself by hearing about my human design. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thank you for the the intro. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really, really fun and really exciting coming on the AWPT podcast journey and yeah, working with you on this and co-hosting it with you. We've got lots of fun things in store with different guests that we're hoping to talk to, a whole bunch of different topics um, from, you know, postpartum coaching, nutrition, um, managing mindset with clients um, and all of the sort. But today I thought we could get to know Kayla a little bit more. Um, And obviously she is the person that has brought everybody here and to this podcast and to the AWPT community. Um, And so a lot of you would probably know her and her story, but I thought we could go a little bit more in depth today and hear, you know, the background of why she started AWPT, why she does what she does, um, what brought her to where she is today. So I thought we could just jump straight into it. If you're yeah, ready. why not? <laughs> Nervous. <laughs> no, no, it'll just be a nice, fun conversation. Um, and yeah, we can get to know Taylor a little bit more. Um, so I thought we could just jump straight to the beginning and talk about sort of what you were like uh, growing up. Obviously, in the episode that we did together, we both established that, you know, we have the same sort of human design type, which was like the natural like leader or the natural intuition. So I'm assuming you have been this way for a while and have always had sort of the 
entrepreneurial spirit. But I wondered too, in terms of fitness, were you always, you know, sporty growing up? Tell me a little bit about, yeah, your childhood. Yeah. So, excuse me, I was. So I think I started, what was the first thing that I did? I think it was either soccer or ballet. Like I know those are two very contrasting activities because like, I guess you could look at soccer and you'd be like, that's very like, you know, boyish. Like I was such a tomboy growing up. And then ballet is a lot more like, you know, feminine and girly and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I did start very, very young. I think I was maybe like six or something when I started actually getting into organized sports and activities. And throughout the years at school, like it was very much trialing and error, like trial and error, all the different types of sports that there possibly could be. So I've dabbled in like basketball, touch football, Soccer was my main one, which I played for like 18 years or something like that. I played gridiron and I got into competitive gridiron as I got a little bit older. Um, I think I started in the gym at around 15 or 16. And I think I got my first gym membership maybe at 16 or 17 as well. And I would go actually to the gym before school. I competed in athletics, like I did, like, I think the only thing that I didn't really love or enjoy was swimming, like, like I'm very much land sports based, <laughs> um, but I've just, yeah, I've just had a fascination um, with sports from a very young age, and, you know, you asked about the entrepreneurial spirit, that was always in me from a very young age as well. I remember doing garage sales and, you know, creating, like I used to do a lot of arts and craft with my nan and I would like sell the cards that we made and all the bits and pieces and things like that. I even remember when I was at school, we used to go to the shops before school and then buy like lollies and things like that and then go to the schoolyard and sell them (laughs) for a profit (laughs) for a profit um so there was always like that that um yeah entrepreneurial spirit in there now and I guess that's kind of led me to this way which I never planned it like this I think is the biggest thing um to get out of this like none of this was like it all just kind of happened you know what I mean Yeah, for sure. And we'll get into sort of how AWPT came to be in the transition from physio to, to, I guess, more coach and mentor um, in a minute. But that's so funny that you were saying that you would go to the, you know, $2 store or the lolly store before school and then on sell them in the playground. But your, what do your parents do? Were they, are they sporty or were they, do they run their own business or was that just a totally innate part of you? Um, so I think that side of me comes a lot from my dad. So my parents were both active. Um, they did, yeah, they did sports and my dad competed in like a few things like rowing and, and things like that growing up. He was more kind of a musician, which I didn't get a musical bone at all. And my brother kind of, but not really, which is really disappointing, but that was his main passion. And he actually had to give that up when I was born so that was his passion and it just didn't pay the bills so with that he got into car sales and so with that it's a very ruthless 
industry and I saw just how hard he worked and um you know he was always like stressed and really really got time off so I just saw how hard he worked at that and he would always say like if you ever want to make money you've got to have your own business like you can't be the person like working for someone so I guess that's kind of stuck with me and like subconsciously it's kind of always I guess been there um and but I did try I really tried the business thing when I was at school so I I actually chose the business subjects when we could start choosing our subjects and I didn't love them like I was like oh but this is like something you know I should be doing and all that and then I just found them so boring and I tried again after school and I went and did a business management certificate at TAFE and it was just so boring and it was all like you know numbers and business plans and very like that structured masculine type uh, way of business which is very like conventional and again I didn't love it so I went into uh, exercise and sports science at university and followed my passion which was exercise and moving and, and physical activity and all that and then I, yeah, I just, I guess I followed that kind of, you know, conventional path of like, go to uni, get a job, worked in the clinic and did all that. And I lasted two years. I lasted two years working for someone else. And then I was like, no, nah, I can't do this. Like trading time for money. I was always thinking of other ways. And Instagram was just kind of starting to kick off them. Mm. And I, I didn't know what. I was going to do with it I just knew that there were people on Instagram who like it was very much the age of like influencers and they got to like do things and they got like products and all this kind of stuff so I just started posting um, giving my audience value and then it, it basically just turned into what it is today so um, no like Yes, like it was very much influenced from my parent. My mum's a nurse, so there was not really that much influence there. But yes, my dad very much like influenced me um, down that path, I guess, which now I don't find it boring. <laughs> the business side of things you don't find is boring. Yeah, it's not so now that I, I am actually running my own business the way that I want to and not kind of like following someone else's rules. And it sounds like that's the key there as well. It's sort of doing things that you're passionate about and then you're willing to sort of like go above and beyond for it and for your business. And I felt it's always so interesting talking to people that um, did a lot of sport growing up because I think sport in childhood teaches you so much in terms of you know teamwork but also sort of strategizing and trying to like problem solve um and all of those kind of things so I can totally understand how growing up with that much sort of sport and like that healthy form of competition and drive and constantly wanting to sort of practice and get better then feeds into this I guess entrepreneurial spirit of building a business and wanting to do better and be better for yourself and you know for the community that you're building as well um and so you said that you um you started off with the business 
uh, certificate at TAFE and then you moved into exercise and sports science, which you enjoyed a lot more, um, and then moved into physio. Talk to me a little bit about um, that time at uni and sort of what you were initially thinking that you wanted to do with that, with those degrees. Yeah. And this is just like so funny how you could plan your entire life out, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's how it's going to happen. And one of the biggest lessons, I guess, is just like letting go and the things that are meant to be are meant to be. So I never, when I went to university, I wanted to do, after my exercise and sports science degree, I wanted to do nutrition. Mm-hmm. And there was there was like a double degree that I didn't get into, but it was like um, at the end of my degree, I could choose to go into the Masters of Nutrition and Dietetics or I could choose to go into physio, which is like the most popular course that everybody, all my friends wanted to get into. And I was just kind of like, eh, physio. Anyway, like at the end of that, I I applied for it because there was like a few years in between where I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And like, you know, speaking to people and I got swayed more towards that side. So I applied and I got into it, but I didn't like, I didn't really want to if that kind of makes sense I was like I had no idea wanted what I wanted to do after exercise and sports science I was like I'm just going to apply for this whatever got in was still like I don't know I'll start it see what happens ended up obviously loving it and finishing it and completing it and yeah I just you know it's it's also another thing that's funny is I had a personal trainer when I first started at the gym And he would always say to me, like, you should be a personal trainer. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a personal trainer. (laughs) And then when I was at university doing my exercise in sports science, I actually had the opportunity to get my personal training certificate. And so I did that. And so as I was studying, you know, exercise in sports science and physio at university, I was working as a personal trainer. And so anybody who's listening, you're probably a coach. And so you know that that's, It is actually like you're a business owner if you're a PT. Like even if you are an employee and you're working for someone else, you may be paying rent. You may be having to source your own clients. You are like a living, breathing example of your business, right? Because even inadvertently, if you do get leads, your clients might choose you based off how you embody your role. Like do you carry yourself as a business owner? Do you carry yourself as a as an athlete even like are are you embodiment of health and fitness and so yeah it's just funny how I was like not going to be a personal trainer don't want to be a physio ended up doing both of those things was like business is boring don't want to do business still ended up doing that but it's just like a different way around it right like the universe obviously had um different like a different motive in store for me but it was just a different way around it (laughs) yeah no absolutely and it's it's always the way is that yeah if if it's meant to be it'll the universe will keep bringing you back to it if you yeah if you're believing in sort of whether it's the universe god or anything like that any kind of higher power you'll probably believe that you know 
it'll keep teaching you the same lesson until you learn it, or it'll keep presenting you with the same opportunity just wrapped up in different, um, in different appearances until you take it. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so you started off, so you, you did the physio degree and then you went into working in a clinic for two years. And um, were you doing, what kind of physio work were you doing? Was it sort of uh, injury management? Was it more sort of working with elderly clients and doing that side of clinic work? Yeah, so I worked, firstly, I worked in two clinics. So I worked in a clinic that was very much exercise rehab and manual therapy based so I learned a lot there so like even after five years at university you think you know everything and you don't need to learn anymore it's just like no like that those first four months in that clinic I learned more than I learned in my my years at university and you know also I think having a sporting background was very helpful for me at university And that clinic, I used a lot of manual therapy skills. So like each client would be half an hour long. I was spending probably like, I would say like 20 to 25 minutes of that manual therapy. So very hands-on and maybe like 20 clients a day. And then afterwards we would give them their exercise rehab program. Because as we know, like exercise is probably like the best thing for injuries. And so that was a really, really great experience. I was there for about eight months and then I moved down to Melbourne. And so I moved to a clinic that was literally the opposite. So my mentor and my employer at the first clinic was very much like micromanage. Everything's a set way. This is how you do it. Systems, processes, all of that, which was very, very handy for me at the start, right? Because if he just threw me in the deep end, I would have had no idea what to do. Like just he's your first client. So Mm -hmm. that was very, very helpful for me to have a framework to be able to work off. But then it kind of got very, very restrictive and also very repetitive because as we know, like every person is different. So you can't just use the same process on everyone and expect it to work. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't develop very, like very great critical thinking skills. So when I went moved to Melbourne, actually my employer, because he liked me and he thought I was very good. So he referred me to his best friend's clinic in Melbourne. And that clinic was like the opposite. It was very hands-off, very autonomous, do whatever I want, like just dive in the, the um dive in the deep end. Hmm. And with that place, I was able to integrate more of my own style into how I wanted to treat people and so I used more of an exercise approach I didn't use like such a heavy manual therapy approach but I did have those skills to be able to use that if I wanted to and so I think that was very very helpful it was also very helpful from my first clinic being taught like tell people to book back in right like it was very much like a business a very good business in terms of like good service, but also good business. And I just saw with that second clinic, like if I hadn't had those business skills to like book my clients back in, I wouldn't have had full books, you know, a few weeks after being there, which I did. So I was able to build my books, retain my clients. um, And 
and not a lot of other new physios that came in were able to do that to the level that I was. So that was also, you know, a really great learning curve for me. Um, but then I was also able to have more autonomy over it as well. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I guess, basically the story of those first two years out of uni. Um, and then I just decided to, <laughs> to not do that anymore. <laughs> it's so interesting, too, how you were saying about um, starting off as a physio and, you know, you feel you know, as prepared as you can be with the with the degree and then you go into the actual workforce and it's like, oh, my God, there's so much more to this. And it's, I feel very, very similar for coaches and personal trainers, obviously to a lesser degree because depending on who you do your Cert 3 and 4 with, there's, you know, less information mm. to begin with. Um, but, you know, often people will, will do their Cert 3 and 4 or become a coach because they enjoy exercise or they enjoy training. And then they get into the fitness industry and realize, oh, I, I can't just like give people exercise or, tr- or train with people. Like I have to actually run my own business. And that's, I think, definitely why the retention rate for personal trainers in the industry is so poor because people get into it and they're like, oh, I, I, I don't actually know what to do. Um, mm. And, you know, depending to, I suppose, on the the type of cert three and four that you you do whether or not you have a huge hands-on practical component or if you're doing like a very intensive course or doing the practical component over several months who your mentor is there's you know they just they give you the information and then you have to you're you're expected to just be confident with it and then if you don't do any sort of up leveling skills or any extra courses I don't know how, yeah, how people feel confident to continue training clients. Mm, I know. And like just thinking about that and thinking about my experience with business, like business, right? Like when I was at school and TAFE, I wasn't inspired by those teachers, which is why I didn't like business. Now I'm actually having my own experience in business and also like choosing mentors that actually light me up Mm -hmm. I freaking like I love it so much so much so that I'm rebranding um but it's just it just goes to show that education like is so important and I'm gonna say something like it may hit a nerve for a lot of people listening and it may it may not resonate at all but I think I have this theory that a lot of personal trainers get into personal training number one because they love it but the reason that they first started exercising was because they were insecure so there's this underlying insecurity which we're trying to like we go to the gym we get strong we build strength we feel more confident and then we love it so much that we go into helping other people but this insecurity can resurface as like I'm not good enough like why would people pay me to do this because I just love it so much and I do this for a living like I would do this for free and that's where it gets tricky with the business side of things because it's like well what do I what do I put my prices at or that insecurity that there's there's not this like confidence of like you're actually worth like all that that money that investment the time that you've spent learning 
how to how to lift even and you know investing in your own personal development of like whether it's nutrition or anatomy or whatever else it is and realizing that that actually can contribute to your business right like it's like you you can charge what you want and what you're worth for that and so I don't know whether that resonates or whether that is like completely off the mark for some people but um it's it's a little theory that I have as I see as I work with a lot of coaches as well as there's this like this it's all like it's called like they call it imposter syndrome which I just think imposter syndrome is like you just you don't have that experience or that knowledge yet and it's like you need to go out and find that yeah it's I I think you might be onto something there for sure because I mean even just with um you know, the concept of running a service-based business and especially with personal trainers, it's more often than not a sole trader business. So you are selling your time and your expertise. I think it can often make it really tricky because you're charging based on what you believe you're worth to be as opposed to, you know, selling a product where you're like, well, this is, you know, the amount of um, the amount I spent on these materials to build it. This is my time that I spent making it, all of that kind of stuff. Whereas when it's just your time, your expertise, your personality, all of that kind of stuff, it gets, yeah, really, really tricky to decide, well, how much is that actually worth? And then especially if you have, you know, issues around self-confidence, if you have those issues of imposter syndrome of, well, I, I don't know this, this, and this yet. Other people have been doing it longer than me. It, yeah, it definitely feeds into this, you know, deeper rooted, um, potentially concern of, of self-worth and self-value. And then mm. that comes into your business and then you don't charge as much as you should be. So then <laughs> as a business construct, that becomes tricky to work with and then on top of that you've also got like money conditioning Mm. like you know how were your parents like with money were they like very much like save everything don't spend like buy the cheapest thing like any like those extra things like personal training let's not like beat around the bush it's a luxury Mm -hmm. right like it it is a luxury right now. It shouldn't be. I think it should be something that everyone is taught how to move like at school, like it's one of the basic things. But right now it is a luxury and and sometimes people don't see or value that luxury as well. And And maybe if you haven't in the past, then, you know, you might not see the value in yourself because you don't necessarily value it. But I think one of the best ways for you to actually see the value in yourself is actually to invest that amount of money in whether it's your education, whether it's your own coach or coaching, something like that, because that proves to you that people do that. Like people invest because you're doing it, you're going first. So, you know, say you say you're investing in your own coach, for example, you could learn from that coach as well as you go through. And it's like, you know, learning from that coach as well as like giving that investment up of like, okay, like I'm investing this much, you know, my clients like can invest that much as well. Um, and just like leading from there, I think, because yeah, like 
I've had to do a lot of work around it too, like the money stories of like, you know, save everything and like, you know, don't spend on things that you don't need and all that kind of stuff. Whereas like it's it's really flowing. Like money is just meant to flow. And yeah, it's 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 funny because <laughs> we're going like real deep into the money mindset stuff. But you know, to go to university, I had to get a loan. Like I did not have that money. So as a 20 whatever year old, like 20 year old, 19 year old, I was in like by the end of it, almost a hundred grand of debt. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's, but it, it didn't actually feel, it didn't actually feel like, oh my God, I have debt. You know what I mean? Like sometime in my life, I'm going to pay that back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you know, you, you chip away at it over time and it gets less and less. But it's like, I, I know that I'm going to make that back in my lifetime. So this is actually pushing me forward in life because I have this amazing education and, and you know, I'm able to leverage that as well. Yeah. And it's just interesting with, with money and money mindset in terms of how other people view view money and view different investments because obviously you know whether it's university degree TAFE certificates education I feel like there's this general sort of um acceptance of oh yeah yeah like you're 50 grand in debt you're 100 grand in debt like yeah fair enough but you know if you're paying a hundred dollars a week on a on a coach they're like oh my god like how can you be affording to do that um and you're so true um when you said that um one of the best ways to combat that sort of money story or that you know uncertainty around how much you should charge and whether you're worth that amount is by investing that kind of money into other people I remember when I first started um getting into PT and coaching and particularly the online side of things, I was talking with one of my friends and saying that, oh, my, you know, ideal client is young women either in uni or just outside of uni. And like, this is how much I'm charging, et cetera, et cetera. And she didn't have a coach and she was like, oh, like, I just, I don't know if that would necessarily work because, you know, do 18 year olds have $80 a week to be spending on coaching or personal training I'm like I mean I've been paying $80 a week on a coach for the last three years and whilst I've been at uni so I know Mm. that there are people like that that exist and so then it's just about finding them and marketing to them um, and then feeling confident enough to actually ask for that price and it's also priorities as well like what are people's priorities because like fuck health is like my number one priority like if I don't have my health I don't have anything I don't have my business I don't have my friends my family my partner you know it it really is like health is number one and you know it's something that I think a lot of people do take for granted as well and you know when it's taken for granted then people will not see the value in that but you know, the value that a coach can give you for not just right now, it's not just 80 bucks a week for three, 12, six, whatever, how many months, it's actually like skills for the rest of your life. Like that is going to pay like 
your return on investment on that is like priceless. Like there is nothing, I don't think, higher than that. And I think like as a coach, if you flip that script in your mind and and sort of say like, you know, I'm going to completely like just transition here because people will value a bag, mm-hmm. a car, a holiday, like a house. And yes, like you need to have a roof over your head, but like, you know, you know, getting into a mortgage or something like that, they value that over their own health or investing in themselves. That's an issue because what you're, what you're doing there is you're saying like, I trust that I'm going to get, like, say you're buying a property. I trust that I'm going to get more of a return on investment on a property than I am by investing in my own health or education or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, let's think about it, especially with the way the property market is going right now. I'm a homeowner, by the way, but I invested in my business and myself way before I invested in property. But let's say that, you know, I don't know, five, 10 years, whatever, it goes up a couple hundred grand. If I invest that money in myself right now, first up, I could make that into millions, literally millions, if I just focus on being a business owner that runs a successful business and investing that money and I I, again I think it comes down to priorities as well like if you're if you're valuing say you know spending that money on a night out drinking and eating versus like buying a coach it's like you're you're not going to get your return on investment there that's short-term gratification versus long-term investment So really look at like, you know, where you're spending your money and also what you're telling yourself about that as well. Because, you know, I've seen it in coaches like it's like, oh, I don't want to spend five, 10 grand on, you know, a mentorship or course or whatever it is. But I see them like, you know, buying, like getting their lashes done or like and it's like, you know, get your lashes done is I don't know how much it is it's like I don't know 80 bucks or something like that but like that's a week of coaching mm-hmm. and then the next week you go and get your nails done the next week you go and get your hair done and then the next and it's like you don't need to do those things you're already beautiful and if, if you like are healthy on the inside you're going to radiate more on the outside as well and so I mean each to their own but like you know those extra things to change your appearance it's like change it from the inside and then it will radiate outwards. Absolutely. And, and it's exactly what you said. It just comes down to what people value. Um, and then that then translates into, you know, where they where they put their money. Um, and I suppose looping it back around to, um, to leaving um, your physio clinic back in Melbourne, and then I'm assuming that's when you started AWPT is it or so you there's a few steps a few steps in between so I yeah I finished up in Melbourne I actually went and did like a three-month stint in Japan on the ski fields um, working as a physio there a lot of snow sports injuries which is a lot of fun um, and then from there I came back to Sydney and I actually worked at uh, Base Body Studio which is um, the Base Body Babes if anyone knows them I worked in this, so there's base gym and then I worked in the female studio. And so 
there, I actually did a combination of coaching and physio. So I really, as a physio, I did miss the performance side of things that I was doing my personal training and coaching at university because as a physio, like it's usually working with people who are in pain already and who have injuries. And it's like, these can be prevented with a proper exercise training program and prescription. So went back into, um, you know, the performance side of things, coaching and doing physio. And then from there, I actually um, met my ex-partner and we traveled around. He was a chiropractor and we did seminars uh, for coaches, um, just traveling around in gyms and things like that. And then when COVID happened, that's when I pivoted online and then also more into the female space. Mm. And it's so interesting because you can so see going back to our previous conversation around sort of investing in yourself that when you did, you know, make those decisions to go all in yourself or to follow your passion and to, you know, invest in, you know, your vision, that's when things exploded for you. (laughs) Well, it was just, it was like, it's scary, right? Like leaving the security and safety of a full-time job where like, I guess you could say like income is guaranteed. It's never guaranteed, but you know, going to Japan, like I think I just needed to travel and I needed to you know, experience something different. But when I came back and the opportunity came up to work at base, like Sebastian Oreb is very, very knowledgeable on strength training. So I learned a lot from him in strength training to, I feel like I can confidently program, you know, really well-structured strength training program because I learned from the best. Like I, I went to like every one of his seminars during those two years and just learned so, so much as well. Um, you know, investing time and uh, money and energy into learning from one of the best in Australia. And then as well, like with my ex, he was very, very knowledgeable on anatomy as well. And so like learning from from him was just, you know, priceless, right? Like, you know, I've learned so much from some very, very um, well known and very knowledgeable people in the industry. And that's, yeah, that's, that's literally priceless. And now you're doing that for other coaches, which is such like a full circle moment, I'm sure for you as well, because I would say that you are now one of those leading experts that so many coaches, you know, look up to and seek knowledge from. And that's exactly what you're doing with, you know, the AWPT eight week courses. And then even further in the, in the mentorships and the various programs that you, that you do. So how did that idea for the AWPT um, come about? First of all, thank you. Like, I don't see it that way. Like, it's it's so funny. Like, I just see it as like, I had all this knowledge and I'd gathered all this knowledge. And I was, I was educating when I was like doing physio, I would always educate my clients, like post session and like all of that. But it was very much one to one. And, you know, when uh, COVID hit and, you know, me and my ex, like, 
that was our income was traveling and doing in-person seminars. So we really had to pivot. And I just saw there was a gap in the the female space. Um, and like, I didn't even know of any other like companies or courses or anything. And I was like, surely there's like courses on female specific, like surely. And I really couldn't find any. So I was like, this is actually friggin' scary and risky because I actually don't even know if, this is like a thing, you know what I mean? Whereas, you know, I had the evidence that it was like being a female and seeing the differences, but even, you know, in the previous things that I had done, like with Bass and my ex and things like that, there wasn't that education on like, wait, the female structure is different. The female anatomy is different. Female physiology is different. And so I just went because, you know, COVID and time I just went into a deep rabbit hole and I was like there is so much here still so much to be learned but there is so much here and I can like literally change the industry or change the way that women and coaches see women when they're training women and that there are these differences and I I had noticed it over the years with my clients but it's like it was just it very much just clicked that like this is why I do things this way and it's a little bit different or whatever it was. Um, and I just, I put it out there and I just, I didn't expect much from it. I was just like, oh, this will this will do, like this will be what I do. Um, and like it just it did way, like it blew up like way more than I could have ever imagined. So, yeah, very grateful that the coaches that have done AWPT saw the value in it and trusted me as well and um yeah it's it's been a wild ride and it's freaking amazing to see well I always just get my mind always just blows away when you say that you know the AWPT business more or less only started in the last few years because you you talk about you know it it happened with COVID and that was sort of the catalyst for it all that's only really been three years. And so it's been just a massive whirlwind, I'm sure, for you of, you know, having this idea come to you, doing the research, putting it out there, and then it being, you know, taken up so well. And then you've expanded and grown so much in such a short space of time. What's that been like? Oh, honestly, like I just you saying this, like I actually have to sit here and just be like, wow, actually you know, this is pretty cool. This is pretty amazing. Like what businesses, you know, like do that in such a short amount of time. Um, And honestly, like it's been very organic. Like it it started as an eight-week course. And then I was like, actually, there's so much more to these topics than just an hour. And so like, and then I, and this isn't new to me, but I always knew that health was holistic. It wasn't just about training. So even when, you know, that time and I was still working in the clinic and I was posting on my Instagram and things like that, it was very much like, yeah, I'm a physio and I work in the exercise realm and all that kind of stuff, anatomy. But that doesn't always like, that doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it really doesn't unless you've got your nutrition and your diet and your stress levels and your sleep and all that and your mental health, all that under control because 
pain isn't just a physical response. It's physical and emotional. Pain lives in the brain. And so our perception of pain can be different based on a whole bunch of different circumstances. It can be heightened because we have inflammation in the body because we're eating a high inflammatory diet. Stress wreaks havoc on the nervous system and, you know, increases your cortisol. And if you're, you know, constantly in this really highly activated state, then it can keep pain sensation at higher levels as well. And, you know, we know that sleep is so important for recovery. So all these things, I always knew it was holistic. And so that's what I wanted to bring to AWPT as well. So now we we do have, like, we've got the, the OG, the eight-week course. I ran that nine times consecutively over the two years, building that brand, um, you know, just continuously talking about um, what was included and talking about women's health and the same thing over and over and over. Um, and yeah, now we have like, we built a menstrual cycle course, which has evolved into a full female specific nutrition course, which we're coming to the end of the first round of that. And that in itself, like AWPT is a signature course, but this is going to be a signature course. Like this course is like next level. Um, and then, you know, we've done a neuroscience course and we have um, a mentorship with everything anatomy and biomechanics. And um, we've got a pre-postnatal coming out sometime next year. So it really covers all bases of, um, you know, training females and the differences there between men and women. And um, even just like the new research that has come out, because it is constantly changing. We still don't have enough either. So it will evolve as more research comes out as well. Yeah. And even just hearing you say all of that, and I hope that, you know, you hearing yourself say all of that as well is um, as such a good reminder of just how quickly things can evolve and just how much impact too that you're making in all of these different areas and you're so right that you know the cert three and four courses that that come out they don't they don't cover first of all anything to do with the fact that women and men are are different maybe they'll talk a little bit about you know menstrual cycles but not in great detail they're definitely not talking about the differences in physiology and so you know you're making such a big impact by by making these courses and this information available and then that is changing obviously the the lives and the expertise of the coaches that you're delivering them to but then also to the the clients that they're then delivering that information to and it's just hope I think it's going to you know change the world and change the game um but your you recently um made a pivot or a switch with your personal Instagram and we'll get into that in just a second um because I think you sort of touched on there that you know there's so much information that you're delivering and this business um has evolved in such a short space of time and has been like such a whirlwind um of success and so um, you recently rebranded your personal account. Um, and I just want to, I guess, go into that because I know you, when you announced that rebranding, you talked about how for a while there over the last few years, you were almost hiding behind your 
your expertise? What, um, I guess, yeah, what catalyzed that that change for you? Yeah, so, like, just even going back to when I was doing, like, you know, business courses and things at school and it was just not very um, inspirational, like, that almost led me to go away from something that I'm so passionate about now. And so I have very recently Uh, invested in my own well I've actually invested over time in different business coaches to help me grow this as well even though it was very organic it was like but you know I want to keep this going and on a roll and investing like you know how much I value it and so I've just been like so inspired by yes like what AWPT has done but also like the industry leaders in the coaching space as well and you know, with AWPT and with Kayla Lee Physio, like, I don't want AWPT to be reliant off Kayla Lee Physio, which obviously it very much was at the start, which Mm -hmm. is, like, absolutely amazing, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, But I kind of just felt like I had evolved so much as a human as well that it's, like, I have so many different aspects to me and I can sit here and I can you know physio just didn't cut it anymore for me like I feel like I'd grown to be so much more than like a physio because it it kind of just says like you know you treat people and injuries and things like that whereas like I feel like AWPT encapsulates so much more than that and I do want AWPT to be I don't want to be the face of it. I don't want there to be a face. I want it to be a collective of women and coaches, you know, just like we're expanding the team now with like Amy and you coming on board, like these incredible coaches helping to grow this. Um, You know, I want it to be about all of us and not just to be reliant off my personal brand. And then again, like with my personal brand, I was very much providing like a lot of value and education, which, is important when you are trying to grow because you want to give your audience that but I felt like I was very much hiding behind that in terms of like showing people I guess like what they wanted to see rather than who I actually am Mm -hmm. and also like when you're building your personal brand like you need to show all of you and I also wanted to be you know and I speak to a lot of coaches and we were speaking about insecurity and things before. And I, I want people to see like, even though this is the way that people have seen me for so long is like a source of information. It's like the person behind that to actually have built what I've built is like, and the growth that that's taken. I wanted to share more of that story mm-hmm. as well. And so um, I feel like, being able to and and the way I've done it is not like it has been in some regards of like sitting down and like planning and all that but it's actually just been through living and through like my own intuition and this is how I wanted to do things right like if I hadn't followed those things then I wouldn't have the business that I had today like even just making the decision to leave like the safety of Sydney and go traveling and be nomadic and and you know trust when I had like no other income um 
taking those risks. And I, I want to be sharing more of that story on my personal brand um, page now, which is the underscore Kayla Lee. Um, and hopefully that can help inspire others um, to make the move as well, because I knew I was going to lose followers. And it's like, that's cool. Cause like, maybe they're just not the people that are going to, you know, be my target audience or, or are my people. Like, I feel like just with AWPT and with the mentorship, there's not really one person that's come in that I haven't absolutely loved. Like mm-hmm. everyone is my person that comes in and, and that's because of like who I'm being. And I think that's a big takeaway for anyone listening. If you are building your own personal brand, personal business, it's like be who you are and don't worry if some people don't like it and don't worry if some people unfollow you and all that kind of stuff because your people will find you. Absolutely. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, your your rebrand uh, signifies, you know, your desire to make impact rather than an all-encompassing impact rather than just deliver information as well and that's the thing you're so much more now and your your growth has expanded so far beyond you know tailoring exercises and switch this for this um, which is all amazing you know information and super helpful and super educational for coaches Um, but as you said it's your your personal brand and your impact goes so far beyond that now it's the mindset shifts it's the it's the business shifts it's the inspirational story um and I think um, yeah I'm really really excited to see where the you know the Kayla Lee personal brand goes but also the the AWPT brand goes separate mm. to that and so I guess to sort of round off this this podcast or this this episode um I'd love to know what your your vision is for the next for the next year going into 2023 for for both Kayla Lee and AWPT yeah well I mean that's what I wanted to say is like I wholeheartedly believe in um you know all the courses that we run through AWPT and I'm going to still continue um coaching them and teaching and educating on them um, on that side of the business in AWPT because that's a huge part of me like that's my life's work is in AWPT mm-hmm. but Kayla Lee just shows that you can be multi-passionate and you can um, be more than one thing and so that's you know the Kayla Lee is the person behind the business and mm-hmm. so that's going to be more raw more real Um I'm going to be releasing very shortly, like a lot of offers for, um, you know, personal branding, business, selling, creating, becoming the person that is the business owner. So there'll be a lot of um, very much like um, business offers and just how to, you know, my journey and then how you can learn from that as well. Um, that's the Kayla Lee side. And then next year we're going to continue running our female specific nutrition course and um, AWPT and all our offers there as well, um, as well as hopefully bringing out a pre and post needle coaching certification, which is a long time coming. It is a big topic. Um, uh, And we also have 
I forgot to mention the textbook as well. So we're releasing that in parts as we go. So there's a lot, there's a lot going on, but you know, I friggin' love it. So many, so many exciting things coming for 2023 in any area that you feel like you might want to up level in there's going to be something there for people and I think that's so exciting um and definitely yeah something to to look forward to if your goal for 2023 is to you know focus on self-improvement on education on up leveling you know yourself your expertise your mindset then this is going to be the the space to watch and that's very much what I wanted it to be because I, I value long-term relationships. And so when people come into my world, I want them to stay in my world and get as much as they can from it um, as possible. So that's why we have offers for everything that you need, basically. Absolutely. Well, that, I guess, rounds off uh my my interview um and all the questions that I had planned is there anything that you wanted to add to finish it off no I just wanted to say uh thank you all for listening thank you guys so much for being on this journey these podcasts have been very sporadic as you can um probably imagine like with all the projects we have going on but having Tara on board is an absolute godsend. When we did our podcast together a few weeks ago now, I just knew she was the person for this job because the way that we interacted and the way that we just bounced off each other, I know that she's the person to be able to speak to some amazing guests that we're going to have come on. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to this podcast being more consistent. Um, and also the amazing people that Tara is going to speak to as well. And I'll still be here sporadically. <laughs> I'll still be here sporadically, um, but more consistency for you guys. Yeah, no, Kayla's still going to be here a lot. We're going to do a mixture of um, Kayla's solo episodes. If you like these kind of conversations where she's sort of dropping absolute golden nuggets around whether it's, you know, money mindset or, you know, her journey and going further into detail with that, um, or, you know, she can go further into detail around, you know, the rebrand that she's doing and the work that she's done and the coaches that she's met and all of that kind of stuff. And then we'll have conversations with me and other um, industry leaders and, and experts around, you know, all sorts of different topics, whether it's business, mindset, coaching, all of that kind of stuff. So this podcast will definitely be hopefully an extension of, you know, all of the different courses and, and topics that AWPT um brings out and then just an extra way that you can get some some free information um and yeah continue to you know build a relationship with the rest of the awpt community yay can't wait thank you guys so much and thank you tara my pleasure thank you everybody and we will chat next week on our next episode bye Thank you for listening to the AWPT podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and fellow coaches and subscribe for weekly episodes and content.